Well, I want to talk to you about the summer kingdom this morning. How many of you love summer? Isn't it a great time of the year? I mean, every day I live in the wintertime in Michigan, I literally remind myself. Well, let me rephrase that. After the Super Bowl, then I start reminding myself only three and a half more months or four months, whatever it is, till summertime gets here. When we first moved to Michigan a number of years ago, I... I really didn't know if we were going to, to stay here. It was just a kind of a, a big, big shift and a big move in our life and a lot going on. But I never knew what it was like to rejoice in summer the way that we've rejoiced in a Michigan summer. Michigan taught me the beauty of living in summer because in the South, we really didn't look forward to the summer because it's so hot and muggy and humid. We haven't had a really nice summer in Michigan the way we typically have here. We've had a kind of a wet, hot summer, and my sister got back in to, from vacation this week, and she called me on the phone, and I was telling her, I says, it's really hot in Michigan. It's 88 degrees, and my sister went, oh, poor baby. It was 106 degrees where they live at, you know, and she said the humidity is through the roof, and, and I started laughing. I said, I guess I really have nothing to complain about, but when we moved to Michigan those first years, I was delirious with joy because I had never experienced a summer like this. I ran through Trenton and Brownstown and Flat Rock and Woodhaven and Wyandotte. I, I started one day at Elizabeth Park. I ran all the way to Henry Ford Hospital in Wyandotte, ran all the way back to Elizabeth Park uh, as much as I could along the river and just could not get over how cool it was in summer, the flowers. And then we made our first trip to Mackinac Island, and I had to call my friends down south then and tell them all about the cool weather. I had to buy a sweater in the summertime in, in, in the, at Mackinac Island, and I was telling about the blue waters of the Great Lakes, and it was fresh water. It looked like the Caribbean. And then one of the families in our church introduced me to walleye, sand, walleye sandwiches, and I have never had a fish sandwich that was any better. The only fish sandwich I was really aware of was getting a fish fillet from McDonald's. I mean, I love fish, but if a fish sandwich, once you had a fish fillet at McDonald's and you had a fresh walleye sandwich, you'll never go back to McDonald's for that flat, deep fried thing with tartar sauce on it. It's just a new way of living. People sat outside and they built fires at night. They put on sweatshirts. We weren't used to that. Now, one thing that Becky and I could never get into, it was sitting in the garages. And a lot of our neighbors would sit in their garage and just, we liked our porch, but we decided one year, let's see what it's all about. And so we put a sitting area in our garage and I missed parking the cars in there and we put stuff out there. And after about two weeks, I just looked at my wife and I said, this is not working for me. <laughs> so that was the end of the garage days. But we loved everything about summer, the concerts in the park, the fireworks. But in some ways, as I've studied the Word of the Lord and I've thought about how much I've grown to love summer, and I never did love summer in the South, it's because summer here is a real glimpse into the kingdom of God. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me. If you're at home, stand with me as well as we go to the Word of the Lord because Jesus gives us an example of summer is being a glimpse of heaven. Then Jesus gave them this illustration. Notice the fig tree or any other tree. When the leaves come out, you know without being told that summer is near. 
In the same way, when you see all of these things taking place, you can know that the kingdom of God is near. Now, what's he talking about these things? It's a time of violence. It's a time of hostility. And so Jesus says, when you see these things happening, don't worry. You know that summer is near. Let's pray together. Father, we love you and we bless you this morning. And we really are asking you to give us a glimpse of heaven. We're so thankful for the kind of summer weather that we do have here in Michigan. Lord, we're so thankful that summer is a time of fruitfulness. And we pray that you'll help us to just get that glimpse that I believe you wanted us to see, Lord, by comparing heaven to summer. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Jesus makes this connection between summer and the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven because of several things, I think. Summertime is a time of fruitfulness. Summertime is a time of harvest. It's a time of daylight. It's a time of rest. It's a time of play. For me, it was a time of wonder like I had never known before. It's a time of vacations where we really rest and we unplug. We don't take our computers with us on vacation. And we unplug from all the other things on our devices, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, that keep us from really getting into that deep relaxation we hope to get with our families. Heaven in the Bible is described as a banquet. Listen. Heaven is described as a banquet, it's described as a homecoming, it's described as a joyful reunion, it's described as a true summer, it's described as a a reprieve from all of the drudgery and the sickness and the sorrow and the loss of this world. It's an endless summer. In Isaiah chapter 18 and verse 4, listen to the words of the prophet, I will rest calm and confident as I look from my dwelling place, serene on a pleasant summer day or a cool, refreshing cloud in the heat of harvest. I can remember in a tobacco field or cotton field when a cloud would come between us and the sun and we'd stand and we'd stretch and we'd enjoy usually a breeze that came with that or when lunchtime came and we were under a shade tree and we ate our sandwiches and we talked and we laughed together. I've thought of that oftentimes when we've sat outside in the shade in the evening here in Michigan. There's a sereneness and there's a calmness. I watched my grandson the first time he had black beans that Becky had prepared for a a Mexican dinner one night. And my little grandson wasn't good at using forks and knives and spoons yet. And those black beans were so delicious. It was summertime. He just started grabbing them by the handful and putting them in his mouth and eating them. And Papa decided to play along with him, and it was a real manly experience that my wife wasn't real happy that I participated in, but we were putting those black beans into our mouth and enjoying them. It's summertime. We can rinse off. We can relax. We were on the deck. It was a safe place to do that. We could never do that inside. You see, when we were in the midst of summertime, we experienced vitality. We experience vigor. We experience energy. We experience fruitfulness. We play. We, we experience warmth. We experience shade. We experience ample daylight. Now think about that for a moment. Here in Michigan, by about 4.30, it's dark. And I don't know about you, but that begins to bother me, that early darkness, and it's staying dark so early and late into the morning. Our first year or two after we'd been up here, one day I was just depressed and It didn't go away, and so I called my doctor, and I said, I'm never depressed, and as a pastor, I can't afford to be depressed, and 
he talked to me and he says, well, you're sad. And I said, well, you got that right. I'm sad. He goes, what you have is seasonal affective disorder. He says, go back to Georgia. He says, sit in the sunshine for a couple of weeks. You're used to a lot of sun. When you come home, he says, eat lots of foods like mushrooms, take vitamin D and drink lots of milk and you'll build your vitamin D levels up and you won't experience the seasonal affective disorder or sad. And he was right. You see, summer, listen, this is important, is diametrically opposite of winter. Look with me at Revelation chapter 22 and verse 2. Jesus gives us a beautiful picture of summer here. There's this river flowing down the center of heaven. So Jesus said, it flowed down the center of the main street, and on each side of the river grew a tree of life. That's got to be an enormous tree. Get it? On each side of the river grew a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit with fresh crop each month. And the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. Friends, this is amazing. 12 months out of the year, there's going to be a different fruit for every month. In other words, it's going to be endless summer. There will be no winter in heaven. There will be no darkness in heaven. There will be no death in heaven. It will be an endless summer. And the marvelous thing is, is there will be a different fruit for each month. I imagine in January it might be oranges, and in February it might be grapefruit. Come spring it will be peaches, God's gift to all humanity, sweet Georgia peaches. And maybe in the fall it's going to be Michigan apples that we're plucking and eating, but there will be 12 different fruits in the first service. I made a big mistake, and I said, and there's going to be watermelon, you know that. And as soon as I said it, I said, well, maybe that's not going to be in heaven because watermelon doesn't grow on a tree, it grows on a vine. But Anyhow, this is an amazing tree, a different fruit for everyone. So we know time is still going to progress in months, so we'll still have our 12 months of the year. I don't know about you, but sometimes in winter, it seems like God can be remote. It's that sadness, it's that sorrow, it's that gray days. I remember one year we had 31 days straight of lead gray skies, I came into the sanctuary driving to, to the church one morning, and I just came in the sanctuary, and I said, Lord, break this. We need, I don't care how cold it is, just give us sunshine. You see, there's a season that we experience in summer that we savor and we remember. I find myself flipping back through my iPhone, and I click not the pictures at Christmas time often, or I click not the pictures in autumn often, but I've clicked the pictures of when our family was canoeing. I clicked the pictures of when we went on these, these ropes courses that we did or when we glided across a mountain. I find myself often going to summer and savoring those moments. When I think about heaven, heaven will be a time where God is fully present. God will be so close to us. In this world, we have trials and we have tribulations, but in heaven, God will be there. There will be no more trials and tribulations, and there will be justice and mercy always. It's a time the Bible describes like this in summer, that there will be no need for the sun nor the moon because God is the light of heaven. And so summer for us is a savoring of what God is going to do. The summer here in Michigan is unusually brief. But it's a hint to me, it's a taste for me of the summer that's coming that will never end. For my father, 
he's already begun to experience that summer. For my grandparents, for my father-in-law, they've already begun to experience that summer. For many that I've buried in this church, they're in the presence of the Lord now. And oh, friends, if we could just capture what summer is meant to do, as Jesus said for us, there may be lots of violence and trials and tribulations going on around us, but summer is a taste of what's going to come. Last Sunday, we were privileged to have as guests of our church, the lieutenant governor and his staff. They sat right over here with me, and, and I didn't know that they were coming, but I told his staff, I said, listen, the message I'm going to be preaching, I've already announced three weeks in advance that I was going to be preaching this message, and it's going to cover some things that your administration is, or is it directly opposed to. But there will be no attacks. There will be no cheap shots or anything like that. And you may want to come another time. They go, oh, no, we really want to come. I was contacted and told that they really appreciated the message. And I really appreciated the way our church welcomed and greeted. We may be opposed on some things, but we never gain an audience when we're abrasive or cruel or harsh. Sometimes we need to remember the words of the book of Isaiah Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they can be as white as snow. Reasonable people don't have to scream and call each other names. Can you say amen to that? We can have a conversation. When you're abrasive, you're not persuasive. So here are five brief things that I'll be brief with that I want you to get about summer. Summer is a season of peace and prosperity. In an agricultural world such as Israel was, Summer is a time of peace and prosperity. You're busy with your crops. You're busy with your fields. You're busy with your flocks. Listen, I just recently preached on this on Wednesday night, and I hope you'll come join me Wednesday night here on campus. Wednesday night is my birthday, and I'm going to be preaching from Zechariah 14, so I hope you'll come and join me here on Wednesday night and worship and celebrate my birthday with me. But listen to what the Lord says. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. My love for Mount Zion is passionate and strong. Now, the church is referred to as Zion in the New Testament. He said, I am consumed with passion for Jerusalem, and now the Lord says, I'm returning to Mount Zion, and I will live in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the faithful city. The mountain of the Lord of Heaven's armies will be called the holy mountain. And this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. Once again, old men and women will walk Jerusalem streets with canes and will sit together in the city squares, and the streets of the city will be filled with boys and girls at play. Now look at that last sentence. The city will be filled once again with boys and girls at play. And the older people with their canes will be sitting. Yesterday I had some business for the church in Flat Rock. And so while I was in Flat Rock, I had to park on another street because Gibraltar was closed. And I walked up the hill to Flat Rock and... When I got there, the, the road had been closed for a street party. And as I stopped and I looked around, there were older people, some with canes literally, sitting on benches on the sidewalk. And they were watching and clapping. And there were children that were dancing in the street and back and forth. And I thought to myself, what a beautiful picture today of this prophecy here it is taking place in summer when we can block off a street and we can have a street party and there was food in abundance and people were happy. You see, what you're seeing in this chapter is a picture of what's going to come and what I had yesterday for just a moment was a prophetic glimpse of what heaven will be 
be right like. You know, people come to Christ. Listen, this is important. People come to Christ when they see people living like this. People come to know Jesus in the summer of life when they see things going right and working. And, you know, I've often wondered, maybe it was like this for you. When I first became a Christian, it seemed like everything went right in my life. And I wish I could go into detail about that, but suddenly everything just started going right in my life. It's like God sent a welcome wagon into my life and says, just enjoy. It was only later that I began to experience some of the trials and the testings that come along, but by then I had grown in my faith and I got ready to expect it. But I always remember and look back on what God had did through friends and through opportunities that came my way. I was constantly reminded the old is gone and the new has come. Look at these two other verses from Zechariah. I am planting seeds of peace and prosperity among you. The grapevines will be heavy with fruit. The earth will produce its crops and the heavens will release the dew. And once more I will cause the remnant in Judea and Israel to inherit these blessings. Circle that word blessings if it's in your outline. If not, it's in the app and you can circle it later. But then look at Zechariah 8.15. I am determined to bless Jerusalem and the people of Judah. So don't be afraid. Friends, God is determined to bless you if you'll let him. God is determined to bring peace into your life, to prosper you, to help you grow. Summer can be a season of fruitfulness And we all know that summer ends, but we can carry summer in our hearts if we learn how to use summer. Secondly, summer is a season of celebration. It's a time where we enjoy. It's a time where we rest. It's a time where we play. It's a time where we vacation. It's it's a time where we get outside with our children and our grandchildren and we play in the backyard. We play frisbees. We swim together. We wrestle together. We connect with friends and family. We call people we haven't seen in a long time. We eat fruit and lots of fruits. We, We get a tan. I'm always amazed at how often people, I even had people after church coming up this morning when I said this statement about getting a tan, said, Pastor, look at my tan. Some of them would take off their watch to show me their tan. We enjoy the sunshine. We take naps in the shade. We take naps in a hammock. And literally and spiritually, God wants us to do this. Look at Zechariah 8 and 19. The traditional fast and times of mourning you kept in early summer, midsummer, autumn, and winter are now ended. They will become festivals of joy and celebration for the people of Judah. So love, truth, and peace. What's he saying? God says, take time in the summer to rest, to rejoice, to not get in a hurry. This quote will not be on the screen because I read it later this week and I loved it so much I decided to share it with you. So listen carefully. This is from A.W. Tozier. Those who are in Christ share with God all the riches of limitless time and endless years. God never hurries. There are no deadlines against which he must work. Only to know this is to quiet our spirits and relax our nerves. For those outside of Christ, time is a devouring beast before the sons of the new creation. Time crouches, purrs, and licks their hands for those that are in Christ. What's he saying here? 
You and I don't worry about aging. We don't worry about getting older because we know that we're going to a kingdom of eternal summer. Thirdly, summer is a season to be refreshed. <clears throat> I'm also amazed at how many people don't really understand summer. I mean, the fact that it's cool doesn't mean that I don't need to stay hydrated. Becky has plants on our front porch. She has to water them twice a day in the heat of summer. They're hanging baskets and they're plants in these clay pots. And because those clay pots are thin and porous, the, the heat of the sun and those mossy baskets that she has, it draws the water out and it evaporates. And so she has to come back again in the evening after the morning watering, and she has to water them again in the evening. Well, the Bible tells us that our lives are like clay pots, that we hold the glory of God in our lives. And so it's important that you and I stay hydrated with the Holy Spirit. It's important that we come daily to the throne of grace and the throne of God, that we worship and we lift our hands and we allow the Spirit of the Lord to rehydrate us or else we begin to wilt and to wither in Psalms 32, 4, listen to what the psalmist said, my strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. And if you don't understand summer and too much sunshine, then you really are in danger of dehydrating. You see, Jesus said one of the greatest threats to our fruitfulness is too much warmth in our life. It's too much summer. In Mark chapter 4 and verse 6, listen, the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. Since it didn't have deep roots, it died. What Jesus is talking about is people that received the gospel with joy. They, they got that welcome wagon that I was just talking about. They received Christ, and life started out good, but inevitably the heat of summer is going to come, and unless we continue to, to walk in our daily disciplines and our holy habits and our spiritual disciplines and stay hydrated and we'll find the heat of summer can be too much for us and we'll wilt. And it, it may be the cares of the world. It may be pleasures of the world. It may be trials and tribulations. So don't neglect your spiritual disciplines. Remember, you're a clay pot like Becky's uh, holders of her plants. Stay hydrated with the Holy Spirit. And number four, summer is a season of gathering first fruits. Don't sleep through summer. Let summer be a time where you bring in the harvest that God has given you. Enjoy the first fruits of summer. There are a lot of people here at church that will bring Becky and I produce or pickles from the first fruits of their garden. And I'm telling you, I love it. It's the only time I'm selfishly asking or shamelessly asking. If you, I'll take your pickles, your tomatoes, I'll take your peppers, whatever it is, your beans. And we enjoy it so much. Don't sleep through summer, but use it together the first fruits and use it to gather the harvest. You, you bring the first fruits to God. You don't bring them to your pastor. You bring them to God. And then you take up the harvest for yourself and your family. It's the lesson I learned from my dad. I learned to give joyfully, though at first I gave grudgingly until my dad taught me the secret of asking my father who is in heaven. Look at what the Bible says about youth Proverbs 10 and verse 5, a wise youth harvests in the summer, but the one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. In other words, he lets the opportunities of summer go to waste. And then finally this morning, uh, 
Summer is a season of pruning for growth. I laughed just now because like in the first service, there were children called out puddle when the snowman decided he would just jump over the puddle and ignore it. You see, sometimes we forget that summer can also be a real season of pruning in our life. John Howard taught me a lot about pruning from our church. He owns Howard's Nursery here in the Downriver area. Boy, John is vicious when it comes to pruning. He just gets in there and he cuts and he clips and he cuts away the dead wood. And I was pointing out a tree that I, that I thought maybe needed some light pruning. And John goes, oh, no, no, this is how we need to do it. And he just attacks that tree because if you prune it, it gets more air and it gets, becomes more fruitful and the tree is healthier. I told John this morning, said, if, if I was a tree and I saw you coming, I'd pull up roots and run. But that's not the way we should be when God begins to prune our lives. He's doing it to make us healthier. He's doing it to make us more fruitful. Listen to Jesus in John 15 and verse 1 and 2. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Do you know what Jesus is saying? He cuts off the dead branches that aren't bearing fruit. In other words, they're just there, but they're not fruit-bearing. And the reason he does that is because it's drawing energy from the vine. It's drawing energy from the tree. And when he cuts off the dead branch, then the fruitful branches get more life, and they get more energy, and they're able to be more fruitful. So I ask God, prune me where I need pruning. Don't be gentle. Get in there, Lord. Whatever I need, prune me because I want to live a godly life for you. If you remember the first verse that I read to you this morning, Jesus is talking about when you see these things happening, these harsh things, these violent things happening, he says, you know that summer is approaching. He uses the illustration of figs, and I didn't have time to share this with the first service this morning. He uses the illustration of figs. I was preaching in Greece and every night, a friend of mine's wife, she would prepare a plate of fresh, huge red figs for us, just almost the size of the palm of my hand, beautiful figs. And we would sit there and talk together. And the figs that we had down south were little figs that kind of turned brown. And they made great preserves, but I didn't really like them fresh. But I loved the fig preserves my mother made. And I remember her name was Becky, too. I remember telling Becky, I said, Becky, these figs are wonderful. They're so sweet. She says, yes, I've never had anything like these, but these are the kind of figs that grew in Israel. I've often thought about that because when I think about summer, that's a taste of summer for me. Something that really was bland, unless it had lots of sugar and lots of cooking down, when I tasted it fresh off the tree, that's what heaven's going to be like. Some things we kind of have to sweeten in life. When I get bad coffee, I put cream in it. If it's really bad coffee, I put sugar in it. But if it's good coffee, I just want it black and fresh because it's so clean tasting and I can taste all the hints of other things that are in there. So don't fail to take advantage of what God wants to do for you this summer. Let me read you, and this is on the screen, a quote from John Piper that I thought was so powerful. I read this years ago in my own personal devotions, and I copied it and kept it. Don't let summer make your soul shrivel. 
God made summer as a foretaste of heaven, not a substitute. If the mailman brings you a love letter from your fiancé, don't fall in love with the mailman. That's what summer is. God's messenger with a sun-soaked, tree-green, flower-blooming, lake-glistening letter of love to show us what He's planning for us in the age to come. Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which not have entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love Him. Don't fall in love with the video preview and find yourself unable to love the coming reality. Jesus Christ is the refreshing center of summer. He is preeminent in all things, including vacations, picnics, softball, long walks, cookouts. And he invites us in the summer, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is serious summer refreshment. Can I make an honest confession to you? I find myself in January, excuse me, in March and April going, how much longer, Lord? How much longer till the sun shines again? How much longer? And I, I'm anticipating that summer has become for me what Piper said, a video preview. But now, let me be honest. And when I lived in the South, remember I told you about my sister telling us how hot it was? We look forward to the wintertime. And you go, why would you look forward to wintertime? Well, we still had flowers in the wintertime. We could still plant things in the wintertime. Daddy planted things in January and February, and things were blooming. Uh, sometimes when we go to visit family, we'll pick fresh fruit that's growing. I get this taste when I go home, even in the winter. Summer is coming. So what can you do? Number one, our brief summer is a time, and summer is brief in Michigan, it's a time to taste of a kingdom that will never end. Look at me. Don't miss that. Heaven will never end. Hell will never end, but heaven will never end. And you can choose today to follow Christ and find the kingdom of summer. Number two, live out the summer kingdom every season. Remember my iPhone? I go back and I look, savor what happened in the summer. Becky and I were on vacation in Italy, and we stopped at a place at, for lunch, and they had crepes and, for lunch, and uh, I, I think of crepes as being breakfast, you know, it's this little thin, sweet pancake thing, and it's, oh no, it's lunch here too, and they can put meat in them, and they can put fruit in them, and so I, I had two fruit crepes, and then I said, what kind of toppings come on? He says, you get to choose chocolate or cheese, and so I said, I'll take one of each, please. In the name of culinary research, I wanted to be able to taste both of them so I could tell you which one was the best. I got a hint for you. They're both delicious. But I thought about that because that for me is another memory of summer, sitting outside having lunch with my wife, and I made this little acronym out of it, connect with others. Number two, relax. Spend time relaxing with others. Number three, eat lots of food, fruit, play, but also entertain and seclude because that's what God wants to do in your life. And just a moment ago, I said, heaven is forever and hell is forever, but you don't have to go to hell. If you choose to go to hell, it's over what Jesus did for you at Calvary. You choose to go to hell over the crucified body and risen Christ. So I'm asking you today to receive God's forgiveness because to be forgiven of your sin 
It's the beginning of the summer kingdom. It's a refreshing. It's like coming in from a hot day in the field and getting a shower. And number five, I'd say to those of you that are young adults and young people listening today, make the most of every opportunity that God gives you. It's disgraceful to sleep during harvest, the Bible says. So make the most of your education. Make the most of your time. And then for the rest of us, I would say as well, don't resist the pruning that God inevitably brings into our life. I don't think pruning is ever pleasant, but I think the result of pruning is what we all want, health and prosperity. Because when you're pruned, you're healthier. When you're pruned, you're fruitful, you're more prosperous. So allow God to have his way in your life. Would you stand with me this morning and let's pray together. Father in heaven, I love you with all of my heart. And as we held the cup and the bread this morning, I couldn't help but look at the cross and thank you for the forgiveness and the grace that you have brought to each of us. And so I ask you now for the conviction of the Holy Spirit upon anyone who is watching or listening. They're here for a reason, Lord that they will just simply admit to you, I have sinned, Lord. I have fallen so far short of what you wanted for my life. And in that confession to recognize, God, you don't turn away anyone who comes to you. But may they ask you right now with me, Lord, thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you for giving me your Holy Spirit to live inside of me. And then thank you that as much as I know how, I can cross this line and say I no longer live for myself, but I commit myself as much as I know how to Jesus Christ and friend if you did that God forgave you of your sins and the Bible says that all who believe on him will not perish but have eternal life I love you so much if I can help you in any way email us here at Woodland Church I have something I'd love to send you if you prayed with us today or if you're here and you prayed with us today but let me pray a prayer blessing over you right now. May the Lord bless you. May He promise, prosper you that you will enjoy summer as He meant for you to enjoy it. May it give you a glimpse of heaven. May you find rest. May you find fruitfulness. And may you find yourself savoring the sweetness of summer as you wait the return of our Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you you can consider yourselves dismissed.